If you've got a Bible with you, would you uh, turn with me to uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, and reading from verse 1, Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, and reading from verse 1, it's the parable of the sower. Again Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered round him was so large that he got into a boat and sat on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. We're looking at the parable of the sower this morning. And uh, the first thing I want to ask you is, are you listening? Are you listening? Now, we've already seen that we've got some some people who can't wait to get up to the front. And so I'm looking for, actually, a couple of volunteers who don't mind, uh, not making a fool of themselves, but but playing along with this little... I've got a quiz. Anybody like quizzes? (laughs) Anybody like quizzes? A couple of volunteers. Could be a long morning. Somebody's volunteering you here. I'm not. I don't want to. I'm, I'm not into forcing people to come out to the front. They don't want it to come out to the front. But Ian, you're happy to take part in this. Okay. Seeing you were nominated by somebody else, do you want to nominate somebody? <laughs> okay. He's been up once, so we're not going to stop you. You've been volunteered. Now, do you want to help her? Are you happy on your own? Uh, I don't know. Depends. Do you think I need a helper? You, you decide. Yeah, Pepper, it's good. It's well, right. You're right, right down the answers. Okay. This is your chance. You can have someone to help you if you want. It's up to you. Well, where's the question? No, I'm, I'm going to help. Happy to go it alone. Okay. Oh, sorry. You want a helper? Go on, then. Okay. Okay. Question number one. Okay. Here we go. According to recent uh, government statistics, how many birthdays does the average man have? How many birthdays does the average man have? Okay. Question number two. If there are three apples and you take away two, how many do you have? Okay, question three. If you only had one match and you walk into a room where there's a candle, an oil lamp, an oil lamp and a wood-burning stove, which would you light first? 
Question number four. Some months have 31 days. How many months have 28 days? And question five. You'll like this one. You're driving a train in an eastward direction at 60 miles an hour. There are 10 people on the train at the beginning of the journey. You travel 10 minutes and at the first station you pick up another 10 passengers and 5 passengers get off. You travel for another 10 minutes and at the next station you pick up another 5 passengers and 10 passengers get off. You travel for another 15 minutes and you reach your final destination. What is the name of the train driver? I said you like that one. Okay, I think we'll should we allow them to mark their own papers. <laughs> okay, how many birthdays does the average man have? Okay, we've got one and seventy-eight. Okay, I, I only get one birthday. I know another queen gets two birthdays, but I just get one birthday. Uh, so you're right in one. Okay, uh, three apples. You take away two. How many do you have? Okay. If you have three apples and you take away two, how many do you have? <laughs> okay. If you only had one match, question three, and you walk into a room, candle, oil lamp, wood burning stove, which would you like first? You can't change your, and perhaps we should have got people to mark them after all. Uh, Graham, you're absolutely right, the match, okay. Uh, question four. Some months have 31 days. How many months have 28? Twelve. Yeah, twelve, okay. Question five. I won't, I won't go through it all again. But who's, who's the name of that? Ashley, again, if you listen to the question, you are driving the train. So it should have been it should have been Peter Owen. How, how many did you get in? Two. Two? Two out of five? Zero. Zero. <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Are you listening? I don't know whether your parents, you know, I don't know if you can remember back to your school days, but I could always remember, uh, embrained in me was this idea that if you were going in for uh, an examination, read the questions carefully. And of course, that little silly quiz was all about whether we actually listen to what has been said, whether we actually listen, or whether we hear what has been said. And uh, this parable that we're looking at this morning... Uh, the parable of the sower. Uh, very often this parable is, uh, is interpreted from kind of a, an evangelistic point of view and, and thinking about different places in, in which the word is, is, is preached and, and seed is sown. And sometimes we actually use the, the phrase, don't we? We sometimes say, you never know what seeds have been sown, don't we? And uh, basically, what we normally mean by that is the thing hasn't gone as well as we hoped it would be. And uh, we've not seen any results, but you never know, uh, because you never know what seeds have been sown. And of course it's true. But actually, I wonder, as I look at this parable, whether it's actually more about uh, how we hear. How we hear what is being said. How we hear. Um, Jesus says in verse 9, 
he who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is a familiar phrase. Uh, Jesus, I think, repeats it at least three times in the Gospels and about seven times in the book of Revelation. He says to the churches in Revelation, uh, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Uh, It's not only familiar because Jesus said it. Um, It probably uh, sounds familiar because uh, in the Old Testament, the idea of having ears to hear is found there as well. And here's just some examples from Isaiah 48. You have neither heard nor understood from of old. Your ears have not been open. Well, I do not know how treacherous you are. You were called a rebel from birth. And in Jeremiah 5, hear this, you foolish and sensible people who have eyes but do not see, who have ears but do not hear. And son of man, Ezekiel, you are living among a rebellious people who have eyes to see, but do not see, and ears to hear, but do not hear. They are a rebellious people. Um, From the Old Testament to the New Testament, there's been this idea um, that we need to hear what God is saying. And as we see from those examples from the Old Testament, part of the problem uh, in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament, and even at Lum Baptist Church, is that people don't always hear. People don't always hear what's being said when a question's being asked. People don't always hear when God is speaking to them. So, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. How is your hearing? Taught them by many things. It says in Mark 2 and 3. By parables and in his teaching he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. He wants the people to listen to what has been said. There's a clue there I think that this is about whether or not we hear the message the word. Um, and so, how good are you at listening? Are you a good listener? Are you the sort of person that says, she's such a good listener. Go to that person who's such a good listener. Or are you the sort of person who said of, he doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. He never listens. Never listens. How good is your hearing? How good is your hearing? How good is your hearing? Well, we're going to test your hearing this morning and uh, hopefully uh, give you some helps in how we hear. The parable of the sower then. Uh, I think, first of all, Jesus gives an explanation to what this parable is about. Very often in, in the parables, the people are left to work it out for themselves. But this is unusual in that Jesus actually, later on, we didn't read it, and I will read it to you a little bit later, Jesus gives uh, an explanation about what the parable is about. And so there's no question, we know that the seed represents the word, because Jesus tells us that. We also know, interestingly, and I'll, I'll read it to you now, this is Jesus' explanation of the, of the parable. He says, don't you understand this parable? Obviously they didn't. Uh, How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. 
Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away, the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy, but since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, Hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and desires for other things come and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. Jesus is explaining the soils as different types of hearing. Did you notice how many of the soils or the ears in Jesus' explanation actually heard? Four types. How many of the four actually heard in Jesus' explanation? This isn't a rhetorical question, you can come back at me. Four, all of them, all of them here. All of them here. But some are hard of hearing, some are hard of hearing. And uh, we all know people who are hard of hearing, and it's not funny. Uh, but some seed fell along the path, which is, of course, hard. It couldn't penetrate, and the birds come and take it away. And some people are like that. They, they don't hear, do they? They don't hear. Sometimes, you'll find this very hard to believe, but sometimes Susan says to me, Richard, you don't listen. You don't listen. I don't know whether any, some, some wives are looking at the husbands now. Uh, maybe, maybe it is a thing with husbands. But actually, um, sometimes it, it's not that I haven't heard. It's that I don't want to do what I'm being asked to do. <laughs> uh, sometimes we're hard of hearing and sometimes it suits us to be hard of hearing. But it isn't because we haven't heard, it's because we don't want to do We don't want to put that shelf up or do the washing up or tidy the garden or clear the leaves or whatever it is. And uh, sometimes it's like that with God's word. Uh, It isn't that we don't hear what God says, but we don't really want to do what God says. So we become hard of hearing. And the problem is, you know, if you ignore something long enough, you do actually stop listening. And... You know, you can be in church week after week after week and you can listen to the Bible being read, you can listen to sermons, but you can become so used to it that you actually stop listening. You become hard of hearing. You need to move nearer to the front. Have you noticed at the front row? Uh, bless you, Ian and Brian, but, but mostly the front row is pretty empty uh, in most churches. Um, People don't like to sit near the front, but if you're hard of hearing, it's better to sit near the front than at the back, because you're more likely to hear. And sometimes we sit at the back because we don't want to hear. Uh, We don't want to hear what's been said, and very often, the words that God brings to us are quite hard words, challenging us about the way that we live, the way that we treat other people. And sometimes, it isn't that we don't hear, but we choose to ignore what we hear. Some people are hard of hearing. It's almost as if it goes in one ear and out of the other ear. Uh, We do hear it, but it doesn't stay. It just goes through us. And then Jesus says in his parable, uh, 
He says that some seed fell on rocky places. And I've called this uh, selective hearing. I'm sure we've all met people who are a little bit of hard of hearing and you whisper something under your breath that's not very nice and they say, I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. Uh, sometimes we just hear what we want to hear, don't we? And uh, we ignore. And Jesus talks about uh, some seeds sown on rocky places. Hear the word and once receive it with joy. But since they have no roots, it only lasts a short time. When trouble, persecution becomes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Sometimes we have selective hearings. If it's something that we like, then we listen. If it's something that we don't like, then we don't listen. Again, it's not because we haven't heard. It's what we do with what we hear. What we choose to do. Whether we choose to take on board what we hear or whether we choose to ignore it. Sometimes uh, we can act as if we are listening when really... Uh, we've got our fingers in our ears. And sometimes you know, don't you? You can tell. Uh, it doesn't have to be that obvious, does it? Sometimes you can tell by somebody's body language that they're not listening. I don't just mean because somebody's fallen to sleep in the middle of the sermon. But, you know, because you can tell by their body language that they're not really engaging with you. They're not really listening. And sometimes that's what we're like, not with just other people, but that's what we're like with God. We can even be reading the Bible and not really paying any attention to what we're reading. It happens. And then Jesus says, uh, you know, some seed fell among thorns. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the the deceitfulness of wealth and desires for other things, come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And I've called this loss of hearings. Loss of hearing. Some people uh, do lose their hearing, sadly. Uh, You know, some people uh, lose the ability to be able to hear physically. And there's a sense in which, uh, in this seed, this hearing, there's a loss of hearing. They lose what's been said because of the other things that come in and crowd their life out, out. In John chapter 10... Uh, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them and they follow me. But there are so many things out there sometimes. You know, if you're trying to read your Bible and listen to the radio at the same time, uh, I know that some people can multitask, but believe you me, uh, you won't really take it in. You won't really take it in. There's so many things in that crowd out the word of God. There's so many things competing, so much noise competing for our attention. And sometimes we just have to find a quiet place where we can hear God's voice. I wonder why I don't hear from the shepherd anymore. I wonder if there's anybody sat here this morning thinking, I wonder why I don't hear from God anymore. When was the last time that you can say, I definitely heard God speaking to me? Was it this week? Was it this month? Was it this year? Think about it. When was the last time you can definitely say that God spoke to you? If there's been a long gap, maybe there's reasons for the gap. And maybe some of these types of ground, some of these types of hearing 
are some of the reasons why we don't hear God's voice speaking to us. What we want to have is good hearing, isn't it? What we want to have is, is good hearing. And Jesus does say, you know, that some seed uh, fell on good soil. And the seed that falls on good soil produces a good crop. 30, 60, 100 times as much. And so how can we be a people that have, you know, good hearing? We don't want to be people that are hard of hearing. We don't want to be people that have a selective hearing. We don't want to be people that that lose their hearing. An old couple was sitting by the fireside. Uh, He looked over her and had a romantic thought and said, After 50 years, I found you tried and true. The wife's hearing wasn't very good. She said, what? He repeated, after 50 years, I've found you tried and true. She said, after 50 years, I'm tired of you too. (laughs) We want to be people that have good hearing, don't we? People that hear. Uh, Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him understand. Let him see what I'm getting at. And uh, some of us uh, spent a very enjoyable and fun evening with uh, Jeff Lucas on on Thursday nights. And uh, this is what he writes in his book, uh, Prodigal Friendly Church. He says, there's no shortage of harsh noise on this planet. Deep, deep bass sounds of terrorism and war. But there is yet a beautiful music to be heard. God longs for the lifting melody of his love to be heard. True music to the ear... For those who have ears to hear. God longs for us. Amongst all the other noise that's going on. Amongst all the other distractions to actually hear what God is saying. How do we do that? How do we do that? Can you hear his voice? Can you hear God speaking to you? Do you hear God speaking to you on a regular basis? Well, I think we all actually need hearing aids. We all need things that are going to help us and enable us to hear. Because we've already seen there's lots of distractions, there's lots of things that stop us hearing God's voice. I should say at this point, um, just in case people are thinking about this, because when I, before I became a Christian, the one thing I couldn't really get a grasp of was when people said, I heard God speaking to me. Because I presumed they meant in an audible voice. Like you can hear me this morning. And I think for most of the time, there are occasions, but they are very few and far between. And even if you look in in the Gospels, I think there's only one or two uh, times when people actually heard, you know, Jesus' baptism. uh, A voice was heard from heaven saying, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Uh, But it seems to me that those occasions were very few and far between. So when we're talking about hearing God's voice, we're not talking about an audible voice. Hello, Richard, can you hear me? Uh, I don't think God speaks very often like that. And uh, I say that because sometimes people just presume that other people are going around and having this wonderful conversation. You know, God said this to me and I said that to him and God said that to me. As if we're having a, a conversation. And prayer, of course, is a two-way conversation. But it's not like the conversation we have with one another. We really do need aids to help us to hear what God is saying. Because it isn't easy. It isn't easy, and I wouldn't have been surprised, I didn't want to embarrass anybody, but if people put their hands up and said, I've not heard God speak for months, it wouldn't have been a surprise to me to hear that. Because it's very hard to hear and to know and to discern what God is saying. 
But there are things that can help us. Hearing aids, I'm calling them. And, uh, and I, I don't think anyone would notice if you, if you put a pair of hearing aids on like that, would they? If you're walking down the streets, you know. Hey. I'm calling it Stop, Look and Listen to God. Uh, the first hearing aid is regular, a regular time and place. If we don't make space in our busy lives to stop, to look and to listen to God, it isn't going to happen. We're not going to hear from God. We need to find a regular spot because if we don't make it, if we don't put it in our diaries, it won't happen. It won't happen. We're all good of, you know, full of good intentions, but so often uh, things get busy and one of the first things to go is finding a regular time. And some people suggest it's actually helpful to find a place. A place that you associate with that spending time with God so that you actually go somewhere. It doesn't mean you have to go out of the house even, but if you actually have a place where you, where you think, well, this is a place where I'm going to go and I'm going to stop... Um, you know, I'm going to turn the phone off, I'm not going to have the radio on, I'm just going to listen to God. So finding a regular place and a regular time to make space to listen for God. Um, you know, Susan and I have a, have a, a difficult working shift pattern. Very often it's like we're ships passing in the night and if I don't make space because Susan works nights and I work days and evenings and if, if I didn't make time to see Susan you know it, I could easily go for a week without seeing her if I didn't arrange you know to have a coffee here and there it could quite easily happen that we actually didn't even though we live in the same house that we hardly saw each other and the same thing can happen with God you know, we can call ourselves Christian, we can say that we're in a relationship with God, but it can be like that ship's passing in the night, we never actually meet. We claim the name, but we don't actually meet. A regular time and a place is something that will help you in hearing God's voice. If you don't already do it, just try it. Try it for a week and see what happens. Uh, don't, 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 don't go mad. Don't say, about well, I'm going to spend an hour... Uh, praying and reading the Bible because after five minutes you'll probably be struggling start with something like five minutes you know don't don't make it start easy and work at it and build on it don't start with an hour an hour and a half and then and then feel that you've failed because after ten minutes you've fallen asleep or you you've lost the the kind of will to to, to carry on start with something simple that that is manageable like five minutes uh, decide that you're going to spend five minutes every day with God and you may find that you're spending more time because you actually enjoy it and hey folks you know if you were there on Thursday night one of the things I think one of the, the messages that, that God was speaking through Jeff Lucas to the church is you know let's have a bit more fun you know it's supposed to be enjoyable so often uh, certainly the image that people have of church outside is that it's dull and boring and sometimes we actually uh, help that image in, in the way that we act in church I can remember one of my earliest memories of being in church, I was probably only about six or seven, and uh, my dad played the organ. And sometimes my brother and, and me would go along with him early. And you can imagine two boys, six and seven, at church half an hour, an hour before the service. You're going to get bored. You're going to start messing about. And I can remember this guy visiting the church who screamed at us that it was terrible that these two young boys were making such an awful noise in the house of God. Funnily enough, you know, 40 years later, some people are still complaining about what I get up to in church. God has a sense of humour, you know, and if you were 
with, uh, with Jeff Lucas on Thursday night, you've probably not laughed as much in church for a long time. It's supposed to be enjoyable, this relationship with God. We're supposed to enjoy it. It's not supposed to be hard work. It's supposed to be enjoyable. But very often it feels like hard work, doesn't it? So a regular time and a regular place will help you in your hearing. Reading the Bible and listening, this might seem obvious, but in that regular time and regular place, actually reading portions of Scripture, and again, let's not start trying to read the whole of Leviticus. You know, start by reading John's Gospel or Mark's Gospel and working through it slowly, you know, maybe one chapter at a time. And uh, there's a sense in which it's better just taking a small portion of Scripture and maybe reading it a few times. And then just listening to what Scripture says. And you might notice things, like in this parable, you might have noticed, you know, that, hey, they all actually heard the word. As Jesus is going through the explanation, each one actually hears what's been said. But there's reasons why that word doesn't take root in their lives. It's not that they don't hear. And you'll notice things like that if you read the passage several times through. Meditate on it. It's like worrying, but more enjoyable. You know, when you worry about something, you just think of something over and over and over again. Well, if you read the Bible over and over and over again, you might get something from it. So, uh, reading the Bible, but listening as well. Listening to what the Bible says. Don't, it's not just about, about how much you can get through and how much you can read. It's whether you listen to what's being said. And, you know, ask questions. One of the good, one of the, it's, it's, it, For the Jews, it was a natural way of teaching that they asked questions. I mean, somebody said to Jesus, didn't they? Why do you Jewish uh, rabbis always ask questions? And Jesus said, what do you mean? You have to think about that one. It's a slow burner. (laughs) Okay, so reading the Bible and listening. Ask questions. What does this mean? Why did Jesus say that? What did the people listening actually, how did they hear it? How do we hear it differently? How do we make a connection? You know, we're not farmers, most of us. Uh, some of you may sow some seeds, but probably in a little plant pot. Uh, so we know, some of us know a little bit about seeds, but we don't know a lot. We're not in a, well, I can say we're not in a farming community, but we are actually. But most of us, uh, you know, we buy our groceries from the supermarkets. We don't grow our own. And, and Jesus was speaking into a very different situation. Sometimes you have to work out and you have to ask questions about what's going on. So, a regular time and place, reading the Bible, and recording, making notes. It's helpful to write things down. I don't know about you, but as, I, as I'm getting older, it feels like my memory's getting worse and worse, and I, and I, I forget things. Uh, and when I read the Bible, I, I can read something and, and be really taken by it, but a day later, I might have forgotten if I don't write it down. Uh, I went through a phrase of keeping a notebook by my bedside table because I, I seem to get good ideas for sermon in the middle of the night and then forget in the morning and wake up with this, with this annoying feeling that I had a great illustration but I just couldn't think what it was. And so I kept a, a pen and a paper by my bedside for a while uh, just in case, it, and then of course it didn't happen again. <laughs> Isn't it just the way? But do you know what I mean? Write things down because you're more likely to remember them or, or write them in your phone, type them into your phone or into your, your tablet or your laptop. Just make a record. And even in that daily quiet time, that reflection, uh, even write down some of your prayers. Because sometimes we pray and we think that God hasn't heard us 
And sometimes the answer might come weeks or months later. So sometimes it's even worth down, worth writing down what you pray for. And then you can actually look back and think, yeah, I prayed about that and, and God answered it. So uh, recording, making notes actually helps us hearing God speak to us when we write things down. And if, and if you feel that God says something, write it down and share it with somebody else to encourage them. When was the last time somebody came up to you and said, hey, you won't believe what God's been saying to me? Probably quite a while. Maybe maybe not this week, this month, this year. Probably not because, you know, and I'm encouraging you, if God spoke to you, and it might be something very simple like, you know, Jeff Lucas, I went to Jeff Lucas and I sensed that God was saying, we need to have a bit more fun in church. We need to make it more enjoyable. Um, that's not to say we're not taking it seriously. You know, you can be seriously funny. You can be seriously funny. So, write things down and share it when God's spoken to you, when you've heard something. Encourage somebody else by saying it. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Uh, I mean, I'm not here next week because it's exchange Sunday. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we came back next week and, you, and people said, look, I've tried this, this spending five minutes with God and you wouldn't believe uh, there's this, there's that and the other. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't you be encouraged? It might encourage you then to think, well, I'll have a go at this. You may already be doing it, which is great, but tell people and share your experiences. Tell me, and you know, you can come up out here and, and, and share your experiences because that would be one way of encouraging everybody. Or if you don't like to stand at the front, give me a note that I can share with people. You don't even have to give a name, but I can just say somebody has done this with this week and, and, and this is what they found. It would be great, wouldn't it? To encourage each other to know that God is actually speaking to us. And you might have a word for the church, you never know. It might not just be for the individual, it might be a word for the church. We need to have ears that are tuned in to what God is saying. I've got an old radio. Um, it's not a digital radio. It's one of those that you actually have to fiddle around with a tune. I've had it for years and years and years, but it's just handy. I can take it around with me and keep in touch with the football scores and things like that. But you've got to tune it in to the station. And uh, sometimes it's really hard to get it tuned in. Sometimes it's like a fuzzy and a buzzing noise. And then sometimes you tune it in and it's crystal clear. You can hear it wonderfully. A little red light comes on on my radio to say you've got perfect tuning. And it's a little bit like that with, with God, isn't it? Sometimes we, we hear, but it's a little bit fuzzy. And we're not actually certain that it's God speaking. And sometimes we get that red light and we know that God has spoken. We know in our hearts, our hearts are beating really fast. Uh, we, we just sense in our being that God has spoken to us. That's how I became a Christian. That's how I became a Christian. God spoke to me. I'd, for, for ages, uh, Christians had been bombarding me with all sorts of things. And I, I just thought they were mad. I thought they were crazy. And I had all sorts of questions. But one night, I was actually reading the Gospel of Luke. And I knew that God was speaking to me. It's hard to explain, but I just knew. It was a story on the Emmaus Road. When Jesus sits down with the disciples and they've been walking along with him and hadn't recognised him. And suddenly the story in the gospel reconciled with the story of my life. That I'd been walking alongside all these Christians. They'd been speaking about Jesus. Jesus had been there but I hadn't recognised him. And suddenly the penny dropped and I knew that God had spoken to me. And I gave my life to Jesus. It's not always like that. It's not always as obvious. It was as if God was in the room that night with me. It's not always like that, but there are moments like that that we cherish and hold on to. 
And we need to share them with others to encourage them. So make a note if God speaks to you and tell somebody. Others like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word of God, accept it and produce a crop 30, 60 or even 100 times what is sown. When God is speaking to us, when we hear God, God's word, it affects the way that we live. It changes our life and other people can see that the seed has taken root. That there's something different about these people. That they are a people that hear what God is saying. So, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Are you a good listener? How is your hearing this morning? Let's pray.